Hi, this is Kate Lindsay, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. are listening to the CBH podcast. Uh, Monday, June 14th. Thanks for listening. All right. Um, I like that song. It's really cool to see uh, summer festivals in America happening. Uh, I'm hearing from friends who have uh, made it to some of their places. And uh, there's, there's life um, you know, everybody's doing the protocols and masks and <laughs> tests and everything, but it seems like we're going to get back to it here. And, and, um, it's so encouraging and, and I can't only imagine what the singers must be feeling like. Cause I, I know what I felt like, uh, after having been out of it for so long. And when I went back to work in uh, February, Boy, it was uh, it was such a such a relief, and so I know a lot of people who are just now getting back have to be feeling that that um, that very familiar feeling uh, of uh, making music and seeing your friends and and being on the road and all those things, the good and the bad. You know, the reminders of the bad. I was immediately reminded of the bad too. Uh, you know, it 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 looks glamorous, but um, you know the the apartment can get pretty lonely sometimes. Uh, especially when you're on uh, terrible time zone difference. And I mean, it's only six hours. It's not terrible, but, uh, you know, a lot of your day, a third of your day goes on uh, before your family gets up. Uh, that's just the way it is. And and you can be productive and you, you can get a lot of stuff done and feel good about that. But, um, yeah, you just, you're, the time, don't, time zone difference can really put a funny, um, just put a funny thing in your brain. Uh I mean, I've dealt with worse. I've dealt with the twelve-hour too. That's that's almost better in a way because you can just talk to somebody when they're getting up and you're going to bed, and vice versa, and, and you just sort of flip your day over, uh, uh, which is which is somehow better. Uh, the six hours is is a is a funny thing because I often want to stay up. I want to see my I want to see my son at dinner time. That's when I have them. You know, he's like captive. You know, he has to, he's having his dinner. And for 18 minutes, he sort of just has to sit there without being distracted by anything. And so that's, that's really the best time I get with him. But, you know, that's pushing midnight over here. And I'm an old man. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, once I see 11 o'clock on the, on the wall, I go, all right, it's enough. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> I'm not a great sleeper to begin with, so I have to start early. I gotta go. I gotta begin the, the 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 two hour long process early. Otherwise, I'll just be up all night. Uh, but I I do get um I I get a, all my best work happens in the morning, and so I have no trouble, you know, hopping out of bed at six a.m. and getting right to it. Uh, six to six to ten is where I I seem to shine. <laughs> I, I pretty much quit. Uh, after that, it's all sort of pretend after that, but, uh, six to 10 is definitely, uh, uh, best time. And, uh, my, my back stuff continues. I don't know what's going on. I just, uh, I re-aggravated it and I wasn't doing anything. I just stood up from a chair, uh, and just like that terrible wrench went right through again and, uh, spent all of yesterday laying, laying on my back, 
you know, you get up for a while and start walking, start moving, because walking really helps, but it, it's uh, awfully hard to start. Uh, and then I would need to just go and flatten back out and let it all relax again. Even now I'm sitting in a chair and I'm, I'm leaning, you know, like crooked. <laughs> I don't know if it's a tall guy thing or a stress thing, or I worked out too much over COVID thing. Cause I did, I, I went really far with the weights, uh, and just kept pushing it, kept pushing it, kept pushing it. Uh, cause it felt good. I liked it. I liked what was happening, but I'm, I'm wondering if I just have too much weight on my frame. I'm only 42. I should be able to lift heavy weights. I should be able to keep doing this for a little while, right? I mean, we're in, we're in much better shapes than our dads were, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, age is a funny thing. And I'm definitely the oldest man in the room. I mean, the oldest person in the room. Uh, not in the whole room. I'm the oldest person in the cast. Uh, it's such a weird, I, I said it the other day, it's just such a, a, a weird thing to feel. There's like an odd responsibility, like, okay, elder statesman, you better, you got to set the example here, set the bar. Oh, we got some real talent in the room, which is cool. Uh, people are, uh, especially in this cast, you know, th- this is a lot of people's first gig back. Not everybody, but, but some. And uh, you can see the excitement uh, every day. And it's Tito, which is not terribly exciting. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I am studying Don Giovanni at the same time that I'm doing uh, Clemenza di Tito. And I cannot believe these were written by the same composer. Sorry, Mozart. Sorry. I'm, I, I cannot believe that the same person wrote these things. And I know there's like, um, there's controversy uh, if 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 Mozart had actually written these recits, and I would say that he definitely didn't because they are trash. They are trash compared to Don Giovanni or Le Nozze di Figaro. I don't understand Clemenza di Tito. It's got two good arias, two good duets, and the rest can be tossed out. Nobody cares. We gotta we gotta spice it up here. I think we. We, you know, it's important to to educate the audience and to bring them new things. But damn it, if it's not exciting, what are we doing? Uh, I'm in the room and I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm checking out. I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> but come see the show. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm happy this isn't my first thing back. Because uh, it's a uh, it's a disappointment, and probably a lot of this comes from the role that I'm doing, and and uh, you know this is a replacement. Obviously, I, I had a I have I'm supposed to be somewhere doing something special now, and um, you know this is this is a gig. Uh, I needed the work. It was time to work, and so there was no bad gigs uh, during COVID time, and so this is um this is a happy to be a part of it situation. Uh, I'll let the other people enjoy it because it, there's no payout for me. <laughs> I mean, I receive money to sing. That's good. Uh, uh, but um, it's hard. Th- this, is a, this is a tough sell. I think it's a tough sell. The, the, the story is relatable. All, you know, all emotions are relatable. We can, we can see betrayal. We can see love. We can see unrequited love. We, you know, those, those things all make sense. But in the context of, of the time period, it's hard to establish quickly uh, the Roman Empire in, the, in that time, and and trying to figure out who Titus was in in five minutes, uh, really, uh, because if you just based it off of this, he looks pretty weak. Um, 
clemency is good, forgiveness is good, but if you're going to be the boss, uh, this is not uh, <laughs> this is not the way to do it. And anybody who had that job, almost as soon as you had it, your days were numbered. Uh, what, I, what I enjoy in the show is that uh, Publio is really the one calling the shots, especially in this production. Uh, it's more like a puppet king, and, and I'm actually pulling the strings, which, as you all know, is my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so in that respect, my, my character is very strong, but at the same time, I'm... I'm um, uh, yeah, there's just nothing to really dig your teeth into musically, for me anyway. Somebody else could have a better argument for that, but um, yeah, Tito's a tough one. I think this is my last Tito. I, you know, I've said this thing. I've said this before about a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure this is <laughs> this is going to be it. I think I'm getting to the point, um, you know. And for so long, when you're young, if you're free, you say yes, right? You, I, there were times I didn't even look at the score. I just say, yeah, sure, yeah. You think that's good for me? Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, send a score. And, and you sort of lean into that for about ten years, where if you're free, you go do it. Just go figure it out. Go do it. Work is work. Uh, you need the job, but um, I, I'm I'm landing into a spot now where I really just if I don't if I'm not interested I don't want to do it and and it's hard to it's hard to turn over into that mindset um, you know because if I'm free I go you should be working you should be you know if you're free you should be working if somebody offers you something you should go but I I have to get past that I have to I have to move on from that because when the work is not satisfying and I hate to say right now it's not that satisfying. Uh, it's easy to sit here and wonder why you're doing it. You go, All right, just um, I guess it's a paycheck. You have to see it that way. I don't think I ever got into singing for the paycheck <laughs> because I would have been discouraged right out of this career in the first ten years. But um, uh, you know, I sing because I have to, um, and now I I I. Uh, feel like anything going forward needs to be something that I really want to be into, something I'm I'm um, committed to. Uh, you know, for now we're all dealing with uh, a lot of COVID jobs. I had a friend call me and and um, he said, "Oh, look, you know, this company is offering me something, but it's you know sort of a step down in what I'm us- usually doing. But um, you know, it's it's a good paycheck, and and um, you know, I want to I want to work and I want to be back in the house. And I said, just go take it, man. Nobody nobody is judging." what anybody does in the next year. This is this is like the COVID catch-up. Uh, catch-up. And and um, we're just going to have to go through that. Everybody's just going to have to let the, let the year iron itself out before we can all get back on track to career trajectory. You know, we have this, we have this term we hear early, career trajectory, where you're, where you're starting and where you're going and what's going to happen along the way. Right? Uh, I am one of the lucky people. Now I, I'm 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 getting fancier as I get older. Like my requirements for living are are uh, getting worse, and my wife can tell you that my needs <laughs> my needs on the road are are becoming uh, troublesome. Um, it is June. It's mid June in in Paris, and and it's not that hot yet. It's really not that hot, but um. I'm uh, I'm up on the top floor, and so I have a lot of windows, and I'm getting tons of direct sunlight. And I just I have the one apartment in in Paris that actually has air conditioning, and it works like gangbusters. I mean, you just barely turn that thing on, and the whole room is icy, which I love, and I feel extra American in those moments, <laughs> while everybody else is sweating through it. 
I'm just enjoying this nice, cold air conditioning washing over the room. <laughs> the list of demands is growing, you know, like uh, no down pillows, no down comforters. I can't have, I just can't have those, those uh, feathers anywhere near me. My eyes shut, you know, my nose closes up, but you can't see, like I can't have any part of it. And then the whole no pets. Now, I mean, a place can have a dog at some point, but if there has been a cat in a, in a place I'm going to stay in, any time in the last five years, I'm going to know within five seconds. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't always have these terrible allergies as a kid. Do, do allergies something that gets worse as you get older? I don't remember this as a kid. Or maybe I was just thrown to the wolves. Like, my parents didn't bother to, to uh, wonder what was, <laughs> what was troubling. Uh, you know, you're, you're having a reaction to something, and they're like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> But we didn't have any animals growing up, so we really didn't know unless we went to, you know, somebody's house who had a cat. Uh, but but that was um, that's a that's a heavy requirement now. We we triple check the the feather situation in the pillows, and previous pets, and now I'm like the fancy American in Europe who needs air conditioning. <laughs> I'd be so embarrassed if a colleague came up here, a European colleague. They'd be like, well, "Why is it so frigid in here?" <laughs> Look, I was brought up a certain way. It's it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's the same thing with languages. Every time I'm stumbling through French out in public here, I go, look, it's just not my fault. <laughs> They're looking at me like it's my fault. And you go, look, we don't we, we, language study is not stressed in American schools when you're young. It's just not. Uh, you know, everybody here starts with English right when they're young. And so, you know, they've they just got that in their back pocket. But uh, I don't have French in my back pocket. And so I, I'm learning as I go and learning on the fly. You know, when in the last 20 years have I have time to study something else? I mean, there's always a stack of scores in front of me, and I'm just desperately trying to put them in my head. I, at no time have I just had this extended time in my career to to put a language in my head. I had to live in Germany before I could speak German. And I and, and my German is, I'm not speaking philosophy. I mean, I'm just surviving the opera house and surviving... Uh, public life, but if somebody wanted to like get into irony and and um, and uh, politics, I'd be completely lost. And so over here, I'm I'm I, I end up feeling dumber than normal. Uh, it's getting better. Honestly, I can understand most what I what I can hear, which is not great. I, I <laughs> tall guys have to lean in to hear you often, and the French speak so fast. So I ask them to slow down, and I get my ear right up next to them. And then I, I can understand most anything, but I have no courage to speak. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not scared of being wrong. I'm just I'm just scared of making things worse. <laughs> Am I going to confuse this guy if I start talking? Maybe it's be- <laughs> maybe it's better if I just point. <laughs> Oh, I have understood, and I think I said this before, that our Tito here uh, will open on a day in which the French government will allow us to have a full audience. We're going to have a full audience uh, in the in the in the opera house, and and this is the smaller theater in town. And so I think it's somebody said it's about a thousand. I, I'm I do not know that for sure, but it'll be something to see a crowd out there. Uh, when we did the Faust, we had you know we we'd have like a scatter of of opera house people out there maybe 50 total i don't you know i don't even know if it was that many uh but but you couldn't you never felt the warmth uh of an audience or anything like that and so this will be a different thing um 
We're going to need to energize Tito for them. <laughs> I'm coming out guns a-blazing. I'm going <laughs> to... I um I'm gonna commit to this because uh, I I feel like it needs an injection of caffeine. <laughs> I some Mozart recitatives I love, and then others, especially in Tito, you go, oh god, man, this is like, it's like pulling teeth getting through this. It's so wordy, and some of them are so long, and we've got massive amounts of um, new cuts. This is the third time I've done Clemenza di Tito, and I'm and mark my words, it's my very last. But in each time, I, I, I did it in Chicago and New York and now here. Um, it's always a different version. You're always doing some different version because of the massive cuts that have to happen in these recits or you will lose an audience. You need to just remove pages of recit because it's endless, endless. Uh, so there's like, you know, I'm on my third version of the show. And so you're you're putting in things that were never there before, and you're taking things out that are in your muscle memory. And so there's a, uh, it's kind of a whole different process of memorizing it and and rehearsing where you're, it's very active to remember what's next because muscle memory will have you do the old thing every time. At least for me, I I think when I put something in my memory, it's really hard to undo it, and I it has to be my process of of just massive repetition. Uh, in in uh, memorizing, I think Jerry Finley said one time. I think I read in an article that he said when he's um, memorizing, he has to go through it a hundred times. I mean, like no fewer than a hundred before he's feeling confident. And I thought that was phenomenal. So I I just started counting. You know, normally I I'll take my score, especially with something like Don Giovanni, that's very long uh, for me. Um, I took it out a year early and just started, you know, doing the busy work on it and. And, and that should be plenty of time at my own pace. But I wanted to start to count just how many times I went through a recit before it felt uh, second, like second nature. Not memorized, but that you're reading it um, as, as if you were performing it. And I think I'm up to about 20 or 25 uh, repetitions that feel now it feels like it's settling in nicely. And I don't think it would take more than 25 to put it in permanently. Uh, but I, you know, you can't do that overnight. Like short-term memory is a horrible thing. I've seen people fail miserably using their short-term memory. So, you know, I have to do it slowly, pace it over a day. So I'll do it five times a day or, or 10 times a day at the most. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it would take too long to put it in, uh, permanently. So a hundred seems like overkill. I think I'm more like 50 or 60. So to that end, uh, you know, Giovanni is basically half in the brain. This memorize it's really what we do. We're not, um, you know, you think you're an artist. Really, you're just a, you're a magician at memorizing. <laughs> oh, you know, every now and then you see a maestro and he's not using a score and you go, oh my God, what a genius. And you go, wait, that's what I do all the time. <laughs> How many, I've, I only memorize my music. I, you know, very rarely, you know, concert singers do this all the time where they've got their music in front of them and you go, you want to call bullshit immediately. You go, get rid of that thing, God damn it. <laughs> to memorize a 500-page Mozart opera, you should. You can handle Beethoven 9. Put your score down. <laughs> CVH not making any friends with the concert singers. It's only because I'm jealous. They get their flight in their five-star hotels. 
giant fees. They get to come in and out in a week. But, but there's there's downsides to that too. Uh, anyway, I love you for listening. I've had enough of me. I can only imagine that you have too. It's very easy for me to get sick of myself. And so that's enough for Monday. Episode 70 of the CVH Podcast. I love you for listening. Uh, Next episode, I'm going to have the great Andy Staples in here. One of the most hilarious people I've ever been around. Fantastic tenor, great colleague, good family man, and uh, uh, quite possibly the greatest storyteller I've known. So, (laughs) not to oversell it, but next episode is going to be fantastic. And everybody have a good week. We'll see you Thursday. Thanks. Bye.